You clapped so aggressively. <laughs> I know. I was super aggressive. Are you being... <laughs> Everyone, we you have to, like... You put your whole force into that one. <laughs> yeah. I did put so much force into the clap. So, the clap, it's not the clap that you can get in your genitals, but our clap is... So, we when we record, we record our audio separate, and we just have a huge spike in the uh, audio so that we can match up our audios. And welcome to Bruh is a Murder. Bruh is a Murder. I love, like, yo, that thing that slaps. It's a buff. It's a buff. But yeah, welcome to the show. I am... Hmm. Damn it. I don't know. I'm Andre this week. Actually, I... no, I forget out. I'm uh, Henry Cavill as Superman and the new Justice League movie that's going to be coming out. I'm hungry as fuck, so... That's fair. <laughs> and this is Brothers Murder. <laughs> Where we bring you so what? Now this... True crime cases of color, Ooh. music, yes. and... My sour attitude towards things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And battles friendly disposition. <laughs> yes, yes. Food. So now, I think I want to start this week with this oh. case because, like... It's going to be kind of short and... It... it it's like sad. <laughs> Don't know. It's just a sad case. Mine is sad too. Yeah. So the last episode you heard, because this one's, even though they're kind of like recorded out of order, I'm going to be placing this one next week. The listeners are going to be confused by this part, but apparently you understand. <laughs> because I feel like this is important to get out and it kind of relates to our parchment case, which had to do with prison and prison reform. Mm-hmm. This also involves prison and it's relevant <laughs> so so now this is about William Garrison and the whole shit sad shit show that was an unfortunate end is it too good to be true I want this so much but don't know if I can trust you my mind's racing fast trying to find the red flags I'm used to so now uh, William Garrison entered prison as a teenager he didn't know how to read or write at the time like just was illiterate but uh, he taught himself slowly how to like read and write he fell behind some boy yeah he because the issue he had was that he fell behind school at an early age because he got sick with tuberculosis which i can relate to because perspective andre as a kid i got tuberculosis <laughs> wait you had tuberculosis before <laughs> yeah what the fuck dang okay I'll yeah never so my grandma do you my mom used to be a nurse at an old folks home a hospice and uh, i would go there after school with her as a kid just to like because I, I thought it was cool to hang out with old people because I like to hear all the stories and shit. And that bit me in the ass. Yeah, but that bit me in the ass though because one gave me tuberculosis. And I had to take like this disgusting medicine for weeks. I never forget it. 
my mom used to mix it with Sunny D, and Sunny D already tastes terrible. And with the medicine included, it made it worse. So whenever I see Sunny D now, I always like gag because I just remember that gross tuberculosis medicine. But yeah, so he fell behind school because of tuberculosis. (laughs) So he fell behind school because of tuberculosis. And his unfortunate grew even worse when he got mixed up in a robbery gone wrong. He was like 16 and got strung in with this like really bad crowd, which, you know, teenagers are stupid. Let's just get that out the way. (laughs) Teenagers are stupid. They can be, Some of them do stupid shit. I did stupid shit so, as a teenager. I flipped a car. Yeah, I smashed windows out. So in, 1960, in 1976, he and some other teenagers got caught up in a home robbery that left a man dead. Ooh. Now Garrison was sentenced to life in prison at the age of 16. Damn. Which, you know, you gotta, you, you do a crime, you do the time. Let's just be honest with that one. Yeah. Now, for his mistake, which... It's hard for me to say mistake, but at the same time, he was 16. So I have a soft spot for kids that do stupid shit at a young age because I feel like they can go to like a detention center or something and maybe get some type of counseling and figure out, okay, can this person be a functioning member in society? But I also feel like that for adults too. some adults like instead of just fucking throwing away the key locking them up and throwing away the key how about we do something to like yeah we've talked about this on previous episodes and you know where i stand on this shit but that wasn't afforded to william so for his mistake he spent 44 years in prison where he actually taught himself how to read and how to write there and you go, william he educated himself he was actually striving to do better because he realized you know he could be better even though he was facing a life sentence he wanted to do better he also he realized it yeah and he also did something that may surprise many people he became an advocate not only for himself but for others after spending years studying law in prison and he would use his knowledge to help his other fellow inmates when it came to like parole and other legal issues because he educated himself on the law yeah and so when the u.s supreme court recently struck down the mandatory life sentences life sentences for juveniles it looked like things might change for him because thankfully the supreme court agreed that juveniles should be given life sentences and i it's just because you know you at 16 are going to be different than you at 44 you know (laughs) yeah you're going to be two different people hopefully I think it might be, I would imagine if you went to prison at that young of an age and be reintroduced into society, how scary. It would be a be. shock. Oh, dude. Yeah. Fucking right. And he, so uh, his sister was like happy that he was going to be getting out soon. Like she prepared a room for him at her home. She planned to like celebrate his 61st birthday because that's how old he would have been if he would have got out. 60? Yeah. Wow. He would have been 61. And she was like, she was excited to have her, you know, her brother back. His release was like weeks away. And then he was found dead in his cell due to COVID-19. His death came in just, his death happened literally 24 days before he would have been released. Wow. And his sister is just upset that he obviously didn't make a home. And she blames it on the cramped conditions and the hospital. I mean, at the hospital, sorry, in the prison. And there's the unsanitary conditions of the prison and how no one was taking the proper protocols to make sure that the COVID didn't enter the prison. 
because the only way for people to die of COVID in prison is for like staffers to bring it in yeah. <laughs> and pass it along with them or people visiting to bring it in and pass it along with them oh that's so dreadful bro yeah, so Chris Gutierrez, a spokesman for the Michigan Department of Corrections, said that uh, the cause is even more heartbreaking because the state parole board had actually granted Garrison early parole back in February before the first cases of coronas appeared in Michigan. But he refused and he didn't accept it. He decided to wait out the remainder of his sentence because he had like a moral thing about it saying that he would rather just complete his whole since even though like he was getting out at this specific time he didn't want to get out earlier than that he wanted to complete his whole sentence and walk out with like as he says like no weight on his shoulders yep he's wanted to be completely done with it he's accountable for what he did he get i get it that's crazy yeah he wanted to be accountable uh the spokesman said that they when corona when the coronavirus hit that prison they were looking for people to parole and get out to help you know lessen the impact they would have on the prison and he said that William had like 7,000 days of good time credits wow. which made him eligible yeah which made him eligible to get out early and they were like trying to make him they were like they're basically trying to kick him out like bro just go like you're awesome you're good like go 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 and he, he was just, trying to do the right thing I get it he went yeah he wanted to do the right thing with him and he wanted to stick it out and it cost him his life and you know his sister is really just using this death to showcase how COVID is affecting people in prisons. Right. And I think that that's why I also want to report on it because first of all, it doesn't matter what our fucking commander in chief says, COVID is a hundred percent real. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It's deadly. People need to take it seriously because it's, it can kill you. It could take you out. I just need everyone to stop being sheep and wearing masks. I'm just kidding. I wear a mask. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I just take this fucking virus seriously. And our prisons are just like being hit hard. And this story really made me like once again, relook how I view people who go to prison and are in prison because William just showed us that these people who you can commit a murder and then like repent in a way for that or try to yeah like he was trying his best to come back from that and i don't i can't say that it's 100 percent possible to come back from murdering someone but fuck it you should try you know yeah i mean i guess it depends on the type of murder because we can go into things about like war yeah and like justified murder there's so so many out you know there's so many like out you know things to pull from it but like like, it's really difficult to like Okay. I don't want to knock a man who was trying his best yeah. to come back from a shitty thing that he did. Yeah, it's that's a tough one. Even though it's a case-by-case situation. But Yeah, I mean, murder is murder. Murder, mur- bros is murder. Bros is murder. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, I mean, mine was a short case, but I just feel like I just wanted to get his story out there. So, parents, talk to your kids before they do some fucked up shit watch their friends if you have to be like a helicopter parent with your kids about like certain shit like just make sure you kind of know who their friends are like and be honest about it like hey like but that's how my parents were like they were helicopter parents but they also told me why they were 
helicopter parents because they're like you know when we were your age we were doing xyz xyz we just want to make sure that you're not doing that shit and i was like oh i get it you're looking out for me here's my friends and here's where i'm going and blah 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 yeah my my mom wasn't a helicopter parent like my as long as they knew what i as long as my mom knew what i was doing or who i was with like she understood and like she didn't ever try to like hold me back from anything but i was honest with her when i like experimented with like drugs and things like that or i guess the only I was thing i was my mom on- not my dad yeah my dad knew Your mom was um, more like mom was always just like if you're gonna smoke weed like just do it upstairs in your room while i'm home so i know you're not going outside doing anything crazy yeah and i was like that's fair <laughs> so but yeah Talk to your kids. I'll do the same whenever I have a kid. Talk to your cats. I'll do the same when I see my cat again. Do you give your cats allowance? Your cat allowance? I should because she earns it. Okay, good. (laughs) That was a good case. I liked it. Thank you. Um, hi everyone. It's me, Battle. Um, hi. Hi. Uh, (laughs) um, so I, uh, before I start, like, I am starting a new job soon, and, like, it's, I'm super excited, but it's super bittersweet because I love the company I work for now, but some things just don't work out, but I don't know if it's completely over for me in this last company that I am leaving. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. But our next case, my next case, it is about a mother and four kids, and it is a sad case of murder-suicide. Um, and before... I talk about the episode. I want to talk a little bit about domestic violence. Um, sometimes it's called intimate, intimate partner violence, domestic abuse, or relationship abuse. And I want to talk about this issue because this is part of the reason why I think she murdered her kids. Um, oh. But uh, go on. Yeah. So typically, what defines like domestic violence it's like a pattern of one's behaviors um and actions that are used against a partner or kid sometime to maintain power and control um it can be scary it could be like a scare tactic it could be physical harm it could be just invoking fear in someone and it's often about compliance which is pretty scary um and also it's important to recognize that it could be an intimate relationship or non-intimate relationship and that this is a universal issue and it's not that it's it's something that's universal and that's something that anyone could go through any person could be affected by domestic violence it could happen via parents parents to child or child to parent whatever it may be it could be with like someone that you're living with living with it could be like your spouse your partner whatever and it's bad habits and it's dangerous. Um, I've had a friend that's been through like domestic violence to where it was on like the local news. Like she was tortured and it was it's fucking crazy. She's a survivor. But also I want to talk about like my experience because I am also like a survivor of domestic violence. I come from a multicultural household. My dad is black. My mom is Filipino. I am the only boy of two sisters. But. And I, it's important to know because, like, my dad was, like, physically abusive. I think he probably meant well because he wanted me to, quote-unquote, be a man, um, whatever that is. But it's, I don't understand the definition of what it means to be a man. But I think he probably meant well, but he didn't implement what he did well. 
And with that being said, like I and my sisters and I, we were taken away by the state of California and we've had to live in like shelters because of like physical abuse. And like it ended up with my sister, my baby sister being separated from us, my older sister and I, and there's lasting effects and it affected us in a certain different ways. Um, and we all cope differently. And like, that's something that I wanted to share because I, I'm comfortable talking about it. And like, it's something that happens and it, it's some it's something that happens to you a lot of people and you may not know who it happens to and there are different types of signs of domestic violence that can happen um and things that could happen is like they tell you that you could never do anything right they show extreme jealousy of like your friends and the time that you're away from them they look at you or act in a way that scares you physically and mentally and they control who you can see, who you can't see, where you can go, where you can't go. And ultimately they prevent you from making your own decisions. So that's like signs of domestic violence. Now the different types of like abuse that happens, they can be, it can be physical, emotional, sexual, and coercion, sexual abuse and coercion and financial abuse, digital abuse, whatever it may be. And it's important to recognize that and recognize that if you know someone like in your family your your group digital abuse it's like going online and showing pictures of like you naked like that, oh, like that thick porn. ass that i see right now that you have in that window still if i took a picture <laughs> if I yeah took a you, picture of you and I, like post on online and say look at this <laughs> thick boy right here yeah for the listeners uh i sit on a ottoman and I didn't realize that I was sitting in front of my mirror, so <laughs> <laughs> I always call him out on it my... when I see it. Thick boy Andre. But, uh, but do, you, do you remember you got posted that website, or was that a thing when you were? I don't know. Uh, I was a thing when the internet. Started. You're probably, you're probably in college when this came out because I was like in early high school. Maybe. I don't it know. was called. You got posted. It was like. Uh, just look it up on youtube like the fucking owner it's a woman and she's fucking disgusting because the site is basically just it's literally just revenge porn it's got taken oh. down recently but the whole site is just revenge porn it's terrible but the thing about it the thing about it is most of the people who were getting posted on there were underage minors oh that's scary yeah kids yeah. are vindictive so, dude yeah so Teach how it work is like they will post your nudes. They'll post your name. They'll post a link to your social media account, wow. and then it will go by city and state. Wow! So, so you would have to click on your state and look up for your city and see who got posted in your fucking city. That's scary. And you can, yeah, it was. I hope that lady got disgusting. shut down and like she got sued or gone to prison or something. Someone like that really for, needs to go to jail. I know and she get got because like I know she got brought crazy. on TV and I cursed out like on the news by like a bunch of reporters. Wow, and shit. I that's forget what crazy. happened to her. But yeah, go, sorry. Oh, you're go good. Ahead. Um, before I start my case again, I just want to know, like, I think everyone that's listening and people who are not listening are deserving of authentic romance and love from the people who say they love you. And if you know anyone or if you're going through something, there is a hotline that you can call. And that is 1-800-799-7233. And that is the National Domestic Violence Hotline number. And that's something that you can use. And we'll put in the show notes. Um. And now, the case of LaShonda Armstrong. So, LaShonda Armstrong, she was a mother of four, and she was dating a person, a guy named Jean uh, Perry. Um, and a Frenchman. I don't think he was a Frenchman, but <laughs> yeah. oh, the name the, the name sounds French. Yeah. Um, 
uh, the relationship was rocky. Many neighbors said that their relationship was often like combative, and like he, uh, Paris, he was like very like he cheated a lot. So like he was a womanizer, and like she knew that, and she knew about a lot of like the different infidelities that like he committed. Like he cheated a lot, and I think she knew that, and like neighbors knew that, and. I guess from the out on the outside looking in, it was not a good relationship, especially from the things that I read. But prior to like the tragic incident that happened, there was a restraining order against the boyfriend. Lashonda Lashan, uh, filed a restraining order against him or a no contact order against the kids because he was actually arrested for one of his children getting out or like he was had the kid out and like the kid was walking in the snow by themselves and like the kid was like partially naked and when like the authorities like found him there he was looking for his dad and then when they find the dad the dad was like with some other woman and the other he made that other woman say like yeah say that you're the mom and it comes back he's not she's not the mom and like it was like a whole thing. He was arrested. So like they had a restraining order to where he wasn't able to see the kids, um, which was completely fucked up. Uh, like, I mean, I think it's fucked up to kill your own kids, but then also to like abandon or put your child in danger. He was charged with child endangerment because it was in the middle of winter, I believe, when it happened. But so 30 minutes before LaShonda actually murdered kids the boyfriend was banging on the door and shouting on the door of the of the apartment that they lived in and he was wanting to get into the apartment that they once shared and he wouldn't stop and one of the nosy neighbors was just like watching like yo he's out there i guess he was probably like vacuuming the cement to like watch what's happening you know those funny memes that are coming out people yeah so like he was just being nosy he said that he was there for like 30 40 minutes and eventually it ended like peacefully and like sweetly because LaShawn, one of his kids came to the door and looked up at his dad and said, daddy, I love you. Where the, the dad replied, I love you too, man. And kissed him on the forehead and eventually left. The next part's pretty sad because this is what, like where the murder starts happening or like where it begins to happen or the na- the nosy neighbor saw LaShonda load the vehicle up, load their family van up with the children and drive off. And she ends up driving about six blocks away from her apartment with the kids in the car. And this was the last time anyone would see her or and three of their kids alive because one kid survived. So LaShonda, she drove to a dock and like put the car in drive and proceeded to let the car drive into the Hudson River. And she, while while the car was in drive, she gets into the back of the van and holds all the kids down. And LaShawn, the, the older one, LaShawn, the older one, he was trying to plead with his mother. He was, like, shouting, Mommy, Mommy, what are you doing? Like, don't do this. Please don't do this. He was trying to, like, reason with her to, like, stop. How old was he? Ten. And, um... God damn. LaShonda, like, as she was holding them down, like... She tells them, if we're going to die, we're going to die together. Or I've, east, I've or, also read that. Or like, let's not just die. <laughs> yeah, it's either that we're going to die. If we're going, if we're, if we're going to die, we're going to die together. Or 
If I'm gonna die, I'm I'm gonna take you with me. And so scared and afraid, like 10-year-old LaShawn, he was able to escape. So he was able to break away from his mom and use the power windows in the van to like make a little bit of a hole for him to swim out of. And this was in April when this happened. April, not of this year. I didn't, why didn't I put the year? My bad. But he swam out of the Hudson River, out of the van, and it took about, it took the van about two minutes for it to actually sink. When he actually reached the shoreline, he went into the roads and began like flailing his hands, waving his hands, where uh, Maeve Ryan picked him up and took him to the fire department. And on the way to the fire department, um, LaShawn told Ryan that my mommy just drove the car into the water and with my, with my siblings. Um, so three of the kids and he was cold. He was alone. And the crazy thing is, is that 30 minutes before LaShawn, LaShonda, uh, did this act of murder. Like she posted on her Facebook, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry, everyone. Forgive me for what I'm about to do, what I'm going to do. This is it. And that was the last post. And she ended up killing three of her kids and only one survived. The oldest one was 10. And I think the younger one, the youngest one was like three or something. Um, it was very young. And that's my case. But before I stopped talking... I just want to say that sometimes it's okay to be a nosy person. It's- yeah, I was just thinking that, like, if you see a fucking post, you know what? If I see some, if I see some crazy shit like that on Facebook, I'm calling your house. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna call over. you and check on you, like, because I get like there's occasional shit posting, but if it's something that like it's not if something doesn't feel right, like, I think you'll yeah. know. It's not like don't be a Karen and just like see someone and just like oh fuck yeah I'm gonna call the cops. No, like if you need to be a a nosy person especially if you call see them a, first like call and especially if there's kids involved like yeah call and if you don't know them now well because i'm pretty i'm pretty i mean i mean, I, w- I would imagine that this woman had friends and family on her fifth page yeah and i'm just surprised that no one said anything said yeah like that's that's wild like it's crazy and it's scary and it happens and like if if you think something is going on, just make sure that you're sure about what you're seeing and what you're hearing, just so you don't be a douchebag. I know like it's so hard to tell, but I think it's easy to tell if someone's life is truly in danger, especially kids. Or just if something's like not, if something's amiss. Because kids will be spilling the tea. Like, yeah, kids don't hide shit. Trust me, I, my niece like, called me will. fat so many times. <laughs> yeah, like they'll spill the tea. But if it's if it's public on the internet, like again, like Andre said, if one of my friends posts something like that and I see it, I'll fucking like reach out um, because I take it seriously. And a lot of times it's a blatant call for help. Like I have a dude that him and I really didn't get along. We kind of like dated the same girl after one another and we're like we didn't like each other, but like whatever, like he was going through a tough time with his now, I don't know if ex-wife or wife now or whatever. He was going through a tough time and he was very public about it on Facebook. So I reached out to him. I was like, dude, are everything okay? Like your posts are like kind of scary. Like, and we talked for a while and all it just 
took it it took no time for me to like reach out and say something so reach out and talk to someone but lastly also i've i've said we've said it before if you need to talk like reach out to us my hit us up on instagram my instagram is oh hello blog like o-h-h-e-l-l-o blogs um all one word um and you know bros murder bros murder's instagram like i I, I have so many people who DM me and we just like talk about bullshit. Like, yeah. Like, there's a couple people who DM me and we literally just have been sharing memes back and forth for the past like. That's awesome. A couple of days. I do want to shout out. Let me just wait. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hold on. Hold on. Where are they at? Where is she at? Maggie. Yeah. Maggie Spookly Sparky. I know you're listening to this. I love you. You're awesome. You're funny as shit. I love you too, Maggie. Says, I don't know you, but I love you. Um, yeah, and there's also someone battle who wanted me to talk to you. Her name's Savannah. She DM'd the show because she also lives in Charlotte, oh, and she nice. wanted me to say hi to you. Yeah, well, tell her I said hi, or I can say hi to you myself. Hit me up on yeah. So Maggie, Instagram. if you're listening, oh, hello blogs. He'll tag me in a, a post eventually. You don't ever yeah, tag me. I mean me Savannah. In a post. Sorry, Savannah. I- you don't ever tag me. Oh, hello blogs. But whatever. Um, and lastly, if you. Like, I repeat, if you or someone you know is in an abusive relationship or is seeing it, the National Domestic Violence Hotline number is 1-800-799-7233. Reach out. Get help. Get out of that. You don't need it. Or call me and I will come over there with 1-800-whoop-ass. Yeah, punch him in the dick. (laughs) (laughs) If you see, if someone's, you know... Domestic violence is real. You catch a motherfucker, punch him in the dick, or just tell me I'll do it for I you. Know that's right. Or punch him in the tits. Because you never know who's out here doing his shit. It goes both ways. Yep. That's all I but got. Yeah, I mean, that's that's all I got. But yeah, as usual, you see a racist punch him in the dick. Domestic violence is real. Punch him in the dick even harder. Uh stay safe. Check on your neighbors. You know, treat everyone with respect. Fuck the police and, and that's <laughs> reach out to us. Enjoy the to music. Talk. See ya. Yeah. Bye. Hi, I'm Ashley, and I'm a teacher in Georgia. And I'm Talia. I'm studying to be a crime scene tech in Colorado. We hope you'll join us as we tell stories from true crime categories selected from our random generator. It's kind of like pulling from a hat with categories like women who kill, poisonings, couples who kill, and decade-themed cases. We will do our best to bring you the most interesting stories that fit the topic. Some will be serious and some will be a mess, like us. It'll probably be a big bowl of yikes. We love to share our love of all things true crime with you. A teacher and a crime scene tech walk into a bar. Available wherever you get your podcasts. See ya. See ya. Filling out my cup, coffee talk on the screen porch. So in love, now you're the one I'm losing sleep for. And I hope the wrong one slip right through your magic fingers. And I hope we find some way to fall in love like we were. Yeah, you're the only reason I was California dreaming in the first place. Seeing you in sundress seasons got me all up in my feelings for the old days, old days. I've got the summertime blues, thinking about you and me. 
Got me all up in my feelings about the old 